The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yeah, I think when people say what I've been through, I think uh, that's a stretch, man. I'm in the NFL for 10 years. So, I mean, to say what I've been through is uh, it's kind of funny. And then to say, you know, people wrote me off. Um, I've just been working. You know, that's what it means by I never wrote back. I don't, I don't listen to stuff like that. I just work. You know, I know what I have inside of me. Uh, God's blessed me with, with talent and also a passion and a drive. And so as far as worrying about naysayers, anything like that, uh, I don't get into that type of stuff. You know, people can write you off, but, you know, life, life's about what you make it. And so uh, I've just been blessed enough to be in the NFL for 10 years and been working my butt off. And it's a team game, and we got to win tonight as a team. Geno Smith, after the Seattle Seahawks knocked off Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos week one, and what he said on the field they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. And I think he tried to get that trademark at some point. And now we have an extra. Like, you could put on the front, they wrote me off. I ain't right back. And then on the back, it says, now they're writing checks. Because now he got paid by the Seattle Seahawks. I haven't seen the details on this one. Yeah, right. We haven't dug into whether or not the last year's phony or, or inflated to drive the average up because it's $35 million a year three years, 105. Is there an unrealistic final year, 2025, that that kicks it that high? I'm still waiting to find out. But but again, the number that that the information robots rushed to Twitter with was three years, 105. Pretty good for Geno Smith. Whatever the truth is here, a hell of a lot better than we thought Geno Smith was going to be getting paid in the year 2023. Yeah, winning, I mean, that's what he's doing. He's winning, and good for him. You mean, you want to talk about a success story and a guy that's hung in there and dealt with a lot of crap and just continued, like he said there, work, you know, head down, humble, uh, that, that, that's where it's great to see. Get your opportunity, takes advantage of it, you know, right, Mike? But I'm with you. Yeah, I, I don't look at this and go, oh, well, he's definitely the starter for three years. It's a little bit almost like the Derek Carr situation. I kind of look at it as like it's, it's probably going to be a two-year deal. 
right? You know, there is the report out there, right, that he's got he's going to get fifty-two million within the first calendar year. I have a hard time thinking he'll just be released after that, right? So we'll see what that you know extra or the practical guarantee is when it's all said and done here. But uh, either way, they know he's their guy this year, and then hopefully, you know, the next two years after that, and they they should. I mean, we you know, Geno Smith. His ability, as we talked about during the year, is is above-average NFL starting quarterback ability. His arm is above-average for the NFL starting quarterback. It's really damn good. You saw that. His athleticism's damn good, too. And it's not like he was in a dink-and-dunk offense and throw the ball short all the time, too. It was They pushed the ball down the field. They were aggressive. So, uh, And then he showed the leadership on top of that, and I think he kind of fits what Seattle's trying to sell to the rest of their team, that it's a team. It's not about one guy. And, you know, it's kind of, I, I think they have found it probably refreshing without Russell Wilson and some of the distractions that have come with that. So they're rewarding him for all the things above. And, you know, again, good for Geno Smith and, and getting this done. Total career earnings through 10 seasons in the NFL, $17.55 million. Average on this new deal, twice that per year, $35 million. And again, we'll be getting, I've already got the line out in the water to get the full breakdown of the contract because, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the real numbers should be out there. If, if people are going to be throwing around potentially, potentially inflated numbers, the real numbers should be out there. Whatever they are, whether they're inflated or not, they are what they are. Well, it the hurts the player ultimately. There, not whatever the agent. Yeah. Well, it hurts the player to have bullshit out there exactly. and then have it corrected. Let's let's just put the truth out there from the get-go. But the agents who do it and 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 attention to all the people out there who think that I'm in the pocket of the agents when I say Lamar Jackson should have one. This is a comment that would cut against your belief that I'm in their pocket. The agents are full of crap and they lie about the value of the contract because it helps them in recruiting. So they take the headline They'll take the headline. Whoever represents Derek Carr will take the four years, $150 million headline to try to get new clients and not point out it's three years, 100 and may only be two years, 70 with 10 million of it being paid by someone else when he lands with another team as a backup. They're not going to tell that part. It's going to be four years, 150. Look at this deal I got for Derek Carr. Look at this deal I got for Geno Smith. Look at this deal I got for Aaron Rodgers. Look at this deal I got for Deshaun Watson. That's what they do. And so they embrace the lie and they keep pushing the lie in recruiting, ignoring the truth. It doesn't matter to them that the truth comes out later. They'll pick the headline that better suits their agenda and use that when they're trying to convince these college kids to pick them to be their agents. And the college kids have no idea that that's not what the value of the contract really is. Looks good to me. Looks right. good to me. Oh, right. you sent me a link to a story from NFL.com that said this is what he's getting paid. All right, that's good enough for me. Yeah, you got him $150 million over four years. Congratulations. That's why they do it. Yeah, and I it's, know. It's, it's, it's false, and it's wrong. It's wrong, but they do it. Yeah, it, it, it is wrong. I mean, it's, it's part of the NFL propaganda machine. And, I, yeah, I wish you would – I wish they would, you know, do that where, yeah, you release the full contract, fine, 
but underneath there has to be parentheses to actually what it is because ultimately even though the agents do it and it might look make the player look better at first because he can stick his chest out and go look at my average and you explained everything else perfectly and why they'd want to do it, ultimately it gets used against the player. That's as an ex-player why I don't like it, right? Derek Carr doesn't play good this year. What's the first thing everyone's going to say? Oh, four years, $150 million. How stupid are the Saints? Four years, $150 million for Derek Carr. That's stupid. And then if you went no, but it's really just two years thirty five, you know, two years seventy million. That's that's what it is. Oh, oh, okay, you know, but that's not going to happen, you know. So that gets used against the player. Same with Gino. I mean, if it doesn't go well this year, it's going to be three years, one hundred and five million for that guy, you know. And I want to say, well, no, it's probably just going to be a one year, you know, maybe get out there after thir- you know, after two years or one year, extremely expensive. But yeah, that's where it does hurt the player. Um, but you know, either way, it's a great thing. Hey, 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 yeah. It hurts the player in another way. It what? hurts the player in another way too. Yeah. What? And well, I mean, look, the people think you got more money than you do. Well, that's you got true more people too. Coming and asking you for that's, stuff. That's the truth. I mean, I, mean, I, I think I'm still guy, guys that. that age. They have to. They have to balance. They have to balance. Okay. Do do I do I want to be the guy who's got the biggest contract in the locker room and make sure everyone knows it? Or would I rather be discreet about it and and not have it have it inflated falsely right. by agent lies? And because it's you know, they think I got more money than I got. And everybody's gonna want something now. They're no, gonna they're, want it anyway. Right. But I, I've heard I've heard there are some players out there smart enough to know to ask for their deal to be secret and confidential. That's smart. That's next level. The only problem is you can't do it. Not in a salary capped environment where everybody knows what the players make. You have to have it all out there. People have to know whether or not teams are in cap compliance. The information is publicly available. It's part of the reality. But there are some players out there who can set aside this ego game of who's got the biggest contract and just say, I'd rather no one know what I have. Now, people are going to assume you have money, but there's a difference between people assuming you have money and knowing how much money you have. Right, Chris? People assume you and I have money. That's fine. Assume it. And we joke around about it. But we're never going to put our tax forms on Twitter. We're never going to talk about how much we make. Hey, for a variety well, of reasons. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you're 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 doing a good job. You're explaining it right. I mean, yeah, I'm I, I'm living that life. I mean, I'm, my dad has to live that life. I mean, people, you know, well, all the time they they just hear quarterback in the NFL and they think, well, damn, you made twenty million dollars a year at one point then. And I want to be like, no, I didn't. I didn't make that even in my whole career. <laughs> so I don't know what you're thinking about. It goes back to you know. So, but yeah, there there is there is a part but of that. But your dad did. Your dad, but did, my dad and did, and I go. You know what? Did you see football in the eighties and what the contracts were? He doesn't have as much as you think either. You know that. That's you know he he did way better in his TV career than he did playing football. That's for sure. You know that's it's the 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 money has gone to a different level now. But you're right, and it does cause problems. And of course, friends, family, whatever else, they see that number and they go, "Well, he's got extra to give to me, or I need something, or I know somebody that needs some money, and he's got extra." And you know that that game gets played a lot when you're involved in professional sports. So uh, you're right; it is another angle to think about that kind of hurts the player there. But you know the other thing too, Mike, that I think we bring up here because Pete Carroll. And I kind of mentioned this last week at the Combine. 
you know, would you agree? This kind of officially, I would think, puts them out of the quarterback conversation at number five. I wouldn't think they give this contract, you know, to Geno Smith and now are going to flirt with a quarterback at, at number at pick number five in the draft. Well, I, I thought it was a little phony baloney anyway. Yeah, we both maybe did. Right. Like once, once the Texans and the Colts have theirs in the top four, and there's still a couple of guys left, and here we are, and we got the Raiders and the Falcons and the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, we want a quarterback. Yeah, yeah we want a quarterback. Right, right. Sure, because by because what could happen then is who picks sixth? Whoever picks sixth isn't going to be in the running for a quarterback. It's I the got Raiders, it. I think it's seven. It's the Lions at six. You know. Okay, so so you know if if you can sell the idea, we're thinking quarterback seven eight nine doesn't think all we have to do is get to six to jump. The others in this cluster of seven, eight, and nine who may all want quarterbacks, we got to get to five. So I never believed that was real anyway. Now, the structure of the Geno Smith contract will tell me whether or not it's a two year deal or a three year deal. If it, if it is a real three year deal, then no. If it's a two year deal with a third phony year, then maybe. Maybe they would draft a guy and develop him for a couple of years before they go with them. Right. But I, I think with their Russell Wilson experience, they'd much rather, if they're going to draft a quarterback, you want to get him on the field. You yeah. want to get the most out of his that, three years exactly. before you have to pay him that you can. Right. That, that's what I would, I would, you know, I would think they'd want to follow that mold, uh, certainly. Um, and, yeah. Hey, I, I think uh, the, the way they ex- exceeded expectations last year, uh, that, that group they have at skill positions – I mean, we we both looked at the tailback, and we both go, he's a superstar, Kenneth Walker. The receivers are damn good. The O-line's got some young talent that you you can be excited about for them. You know, defense, same type of thing. They need some different makers up front. But, yeah, I, I would have a hard time thinking, you know, quarterback is part of that conversation now. They have some holes in their roster where pick number five can change their team. Oh, wait, now we have, a, like, a legitimate pass rusher in the fourth quarter to get after Brock Purdy and the 49ers and win a football game in a tight one. You know, that, that's the thing Seattle's been missing the last few years. They have not had that defensive guy that, you know, can close out a game or make a big play in a big moment to kind of help them put them over the top like we saw early on the Pete Carroll, you know, years in Seattle. So uh, they're close. Good for them getting Geno signed up. And they're in that playoff window right now. And one of those teams that I think we look at and go, there's potential for the Seahawks to be a dangerous team next year. But remember, it was 2012 when they gave Matt Flynn that big contract, brought him in as the free agent, got Russell Wilson in round three after he was selected following punter Brian Anger. But Wilson was clearly the best option on the roster. It was a no-brainer. I had someone explain to me, it's been eight, nine years ago that everyone praises Pete Carroll for being brave in picking Russell Wilson. The brave move would have been picking Matt Flynn because everybody knew Wilson was better than Flynn right out of the gate. So in theory, in theory, they could draft somebody, not necessarily even round one, who comes in and they say, meritocracy, meritocracy, we're going with the best guy. But still, they've paid Geno Smith a lot of money, more than they paid Matt Flynn, obviously. It's 11 years later. Yeah. But I, I suspect they're going to use him for one year, two years, maybe the full three. And, and that structure, we hope to have that structure later this morning. That'll really let us know what kind of a commitment has been made 
to Geno Smith. But it's always better for the player, Chris, to have a, a shorter contract because when you get to a five-year deal, those last two years of bullcrap. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. So oh, yeah. if you can get a three-year deal, that's great because you know what happens? If they decide they want to keep you, that means they rip it up after a year or two and give you an extension. Or they need cap relief. They give you an extension. Look at what Kirk Cousins has done with his original three-year contract in Minnesota. He's been there five years. He's got another year up, and they may do another one. You get yourself into a great rhythm with those three-year contracts if you're an NFL quarterback. Yeah, you definitely do. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's favorable. And, you know, at quarterback right now, it's, you know, with the way the position's protected and all that, it's not maybe the gamble that it once was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, uh, yeah, good for Geno Smith. Glad to see that he's getting rewarded for his patience, his work, and you know, and just kind of being a good NFL soldier that way. And uh, he took advantage of his opportunity this year. And you know, I'm excited to see him and what he can do. You know, next year with a, with another year in this offense and that talent around him. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, a surprise name lands on the potential trade market. The Titans shopping one of their best players, and it's not Ryan Tannehill. More PFT Live right after this. The give is to Henry. Tries the left side. Derrick Henry into the end zone for a Titans touchdown. The give is to Henry. He'll throw, and Henry throws a touchdown to Austin Hooper. Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs in football, Jim Brown in this day and age, reportedly on the trade market for the Tennessee Titans. Mike Silver reported that yesterday. And I'm surprised. Look, I'm surprised. And it may be that Derrick Henry just wants another contract. He's due to make $10.5 million this year, the final year of his current deal. And if he wants more than they're willing to pay – and he wants to go somewhere where they'll pay him more, and he doesn't want to play out the final year of his contract. I mean, when you're a running back, it's a different mindset. you got to get your money while you can. This may be his last good year. This guy's already (laughs) stretched the rubber band farther than I thought he would, Chris. He's lasted longer at a high level, and you never know when the wheels are going to come off. And the Titans know what that's like. Eddie George, he just got to a point where there wasn't any one specific injury. It's just all of a sudden he couldn't do it anymore. And that's part of being running back in the NFL. It's not about the guy. It's about the position. So now the Titans, and this is the old Bill Belichick thing, move on from a guy a year too early instead of a year too late. It could be the Titans trying to move on a year too early, get what they can, get some value, and put him on a team that will pay him what he possibly expects to be paid for 2023 and beyond. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you said a lot of good things there. And I think they're playing the law of averages a little bit. You're saying, right, Mike Vrabel, he's from New England and that. They know a little bit about, hey, let's get get rid of the guy maybe, you know, before everybody kind of sees the end coming. I think when you add it under the double whammy aspect of that is who's their new GM? Oh, Rand Carthon? Oh, he came from the 49ers where they have a platoon of running backs usually and kind of believe in that, you know? So uh, I, I could see that there. And that seems like, you know, they're trying to refurbish their team a little bit here for the future. You know, so that that's where, and I think you know the time is now for Derrick Henry, and the way you're explaining it, right, Mike? I mean, yeah, it, it, it's surprising, but it's not surprising when you explain it. Like, right, they've gotten more out of him already, and man, he's you know he is kind of a car crash runner and a Jim Brown type of style of runner there, and we saw him get hurt this year, 
and or in the last year I should say and missed some games. You know, there's been the lower foot or whatever, you know, that comes up always not practicing. So maybe they kind of look at it and go, you know what? We still have value for him. We still really good, but we're afraid that the end might be coming and we don't want to be here for that. So they're going to try to capitalize on that now. Why there's still some value with the player. I, I I get that. I understand it. I'm not mad at them for that. Especially like what you're talking about. The running back position has to be at the forefront of your mind always of, wait, how much is this guy left? Are we getting close to him breaking down? You know, what's really realistic to think about his future years here? And obviously has some good years left. But how many? I think that's that's questionable. And I think that's probably why Tennessee's looking to move on a little bit. He's got seven years already in the NFL, which isn't something that seems like that many, but for running back it is. He was used sparingly as a rookie, 110 rushes for 490 yards, 744 in his second year. Remember, he was splitting time with DeMarco Murray, if I recall correctly, early in his career. He was. And then 1,000-yard seasons. 2018, 2019, he led the league with 1540. 2020 was his best year with 2,027. Average 5.4 yards per carry. Fell off at, well, he had 937 yards. We were thinking it might have been a 2,000. That year. foot injury yeah, right. In, right in 2021 and then last year he still had 1538 rushing yards he still had 1538 and it felt like a down year yeah for Derrick Henry so there's still some tread on the tires and he's that guy where if he gets those first couple steps he he's he's unstoppable he needs that if you're going to knock him down you got to knock him down before he starts building up a head of steam if he can get that head of steam he is gone at least he's been in the past and this may be the Titans trying to anticipate moving before the decline. And also, I do think the other reality is, hey, I'm in the last year of my contract. I want a new deal. I don't want to be a free agent next year. I want paid now. Yeah, right, right. And, yeah, they they probably realize the pressure of that, you know, conversation is only going to mount and get greater for the Tennessee Titans, like we always talk about, right? We talked about this. Hey, running back that's been with a team, you used to bring this up with McCaffrey a lot. They have some success. That was the team they drafted them. You know, everybody goes, well, wait, how can you get rid of him? He's homegrown talent. He's our guy. We're used to seeing him being the mainstay of the offense. How can you let him go? And the public pressure mounts to such a degree to where you go, damn, all right, I guess we got to sign him to some sort of deal here. So, yeah, they're trying to get out ahead of that. You know, let alone, I I think they got to probably, as special as Derrick Henry is, you know, in that year where, you know, Derrick Henry two years ago, he got hurt. Hey, they still ran the ball really well with Deontay Foreman and company behind him, you know. So they might look at that, go to, hey, hey, listen, we can still run the ball. We might not be as dangerous without Derrick Henry, but we're a running football team, Mike Vrabel, smash mouth type of football, to where they might not look at that as, you know, the the the, the risk might not be wor- worth it to them anymore for paying that position like that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 not shocking when you really talk it out. It's shocking, I think, just a little because, yeah, it's 1,500 yards like you said last year. We still see a lot of good, and we're talking about a running back, and we don't talk about this a lot. It's a Hall of Famer, and we're watching him play in front of us right now, and you know, I I think that's where it's shocking as well. Career rushing yards, 8,335. Look, he's had great seasons, but – I, you know, yeah, you gotta, got some I more. You got to get to ten thousand yeah. yards. Yeah, yeah, you got some more work to do, and and we'll see what more he does, and we'll see where. Who do you think would want him? Who do you think? 
You know, the, I, I have a couple in mind. What, what, go, what's the first team that well, came to mind for you? Well, go ahead. Let me hear your teams at first that you think are they're coming to mind. Who is it? Pair him up with Josh Allen. I, I, I hear you. Or there. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, right. Well, that that the Eagles are the one that came to my mind where you go, well, maybe you know, he'll take a little less to go there, be behind that offensive line, not have to be the focal point of like, oh, we gotta run you twenty five times a game to win the game. Uh, I'm with you there. That was one that jumped out to me right away. You know, after that, you know, I, I think a run team or teams that are kind of run first, you know, would Atlanta and Arthur Smith want to bring back and reunite with, with Derrick Henry? Again, it's great offensive line. You know, they're going to be successful running the ball. That's the, what the, the style of football they want to play. I guess those were probably the two that jumped out to my, you know, jumped out in the forefront of my brain to, to start the conversation, Mike. And you need some star power. You're paying for star power. You're putting asses in seats, yeah. even if Derrick Henry is going to begin the decline. It's the, you, you mentioned it earlier. It's, it's the Sean Alexander factor. The Seahawks got to a point where they had to pay Sean Alexander even though they didn't want to. Exactly. And a year later, they were done with him. Right. You have to pay the guy. When you create this workhorse running back where everybody in the stands has his jersey – Everybody's got him on the fantasy football team. You have to keep him. And and Derrick Henry has has provided a great return for the Tennessee Titans. You know, again, injuries aren't the fault of the player. They're the fault of the position. But I I think part of it is what is his objective at this point? That's How much right. money does he want to make? Right. Does he want to try to compete for a championship? Because the, now, look, I, I think James Cook can end up being very good for the Buffalo Bills. But Derrick Henry and Josh Allen, holy crap. And uh, the, the one thing I would say, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I don't want to do the push the quarterback thing with Derrick Henry being the guy who pushes me from behind because it does become a safety hazard if Derrick Henry gets gets any kind of momentum going. The physics would be detrimental to my health if Derrick Henry's the one who's pushing me into the end zone. Yeah, 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 definitely. You got a little extra power there behind you, uh, no question. But uh, uh, Henry, you know, by all stretch of the imagination or what we saw from last year, still has some value to give. I think you posed the right question. What's he asking for or what's he expecting money-wise? What's he expecting, you know, is he going to be okay sharing a workload or, or does he want every touch in the world? Would he go to a team like the Chargers who now have Calvin Moore and we know they need some sort of run game, you know, presence there other than Austin Eckler, who's a smaller running back anyways, you know, so you couple them together. We'll see. I, I think his expectations will – you know, be more of what dictates as far as what teams are interested in. All teams are going to like Derrick Henry. There's not going to be much you look at right now you like. It's just going to be, you know, what do we have to pay him? Where's he at in his career? What's our doctor evaluation of where the status is of his body? Do we see a few things on his body that are like, oh, you know, typically those are injuries that start to get a lot worse at this point of your career with those many carries. You know, those are all things that I think are going to be taken into account here by teams when, when they dissect Derrick Henry a little bit. And it may just be they, they can't find a trade partner for Derrick Henry and they have to work it out and pay him the $10.5 million for one more year in Tennessee. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Jaguars receiver Calvin Ridley, if you missed it during the season, he was traded at the deadline from Atlanta to Jacksonville. He has been reinstated after his suspension that lasted more than a full year. He was on the non-football injury slash illness list while he was with the Falcons. He was in Florida where 
I guess in some, I don't know where he was, but wherever he was, he was in a spot where you yeah, he was in Florida because he was hurt. Gambling. Right? I mean, he was hurt. Yeah, yeah, but I, but they haven't passed. I think you're right. I thought it was. I, so yeah. I don't. I don't know why I thought it was Florida too. So, though you're right, Mike. But, I, yeah. but he was he was legally gambling right. on one of the apps through one of the sports books that pays the NFL. And what they also do is they tell the NFL if one of the NFL players is, I mean, they, 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 uh, they rat on the players. They rat on their customer back to the NFL, which is how the NFL's found out about these things. It falls in their laps because they get the report that, that Calvin Ridley, and it was like $1,500 on a five-team parlay. And, you know, he didn't have any inside information. I'm not making excuses for the guy because the rule is clear. You can't bet on football games. And he got suspended for a full year. And I got no problem with the NFL being vigilant about that. But they better be vigilant about all the other stuff that can happen that undermines the integrity of the game. I feel like they're just going to willingly catch someone where the sports book says, up, oh, here's your evidence, gift-wrapped, up, oh, guys suspended for a year, and they're going to ignore all the other more subtle ways that the integrity of the game can be undermined. That's my concern. Inside information, I don't want to say point-shaving, but corrupt individuals who may be, whether it's selling information or you get a Tim Donahue in the midst of – I, I, I want to see more concern about ferreting out those issues – than just saying, oh, Calvin Ridley, you're gone for a year. Miles Austin, oh, you're gone for a year. I think that they believe that'll placate people who might wonder whether they're doing enough. Yeah, that that's really what it all it is, it is to me. It's just, you know, having some poster childs to, to sit there and go, hey, look, right, hey, we're doing the right thing. Hey, you gamble, look, what we did to this guy. You know, so they're they're making examples of certain or children. Or yeah, yeah. Or yeah. children. <laughs> yeah. But they're making they're child's ma- children. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Don't 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 hold me to my English <laughs> language this early in the morning, all right? Uh, but this is one of the under the radar it was one of the under the radar great, you know, potential moves right at the trade deadline that I think a lot of people forgot about. You know, I know I went on a few things at like the end of the season and it was like, hey, the Jaguars with Calvin Ridley next year, and people were like, Oh man, yeah, I forgot they're gonna have Calvin Ridley. And let's like, yeah, Calvin Ridley didn't play last year. He got hurt in 2021, right? I think four or five games in. But let's let's remember what Calvin Ridley is and why there's there's beauty to this deal that the Jaguars did here. I mean, the the Atlanta Falcons got rid of Julio Jones and traded him to the Tennessee Titans because they went, Calvin Ridley is the freaking man, and we're about to make him and show everybody that he is the number one target and going to explode, right? We saw that in the 2020 COVID year, and they were setting that up in 2021, and he had a little injury, and then, of course, this. But, man, you you pair him with that group of what we saw towards the end of the year. Evan Ingram franchised him, which they should have done. That was a no-brainer. I mean, holy crap, Batman. They got some, some firepower right there. And the way the quarterback looks, how can you not be excited if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan? I'm looking at the Calvin Ridley contract breakdown at spotrack.com, and apparently he'll be in his fifth-year option of the first-round contract that he signed in 2018 because 2022 got completely bumped a year. The contract tolls. So he's, he's due to make $11.1 million with the Jaguars in 2023, which isn't a bad payday for a guy that was out of the league for a full year. But what he does this year lays the foundation for the kind of payday he could see 2024 in free agency but you got a lot of weapons there for Trevor Lawrence another reason to believe in the Jacksonville Jaguars as they 
uh, established themselves as the best team in the AFC South right now and uh, possibly a contender to make some noise in the postseason in 2023 and beyond. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, the Kansas City Chiefs could be parting ways with a couple of key players. We know one is out. Will the other one follow? We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, so I raised an important question yesterday, something that I think we touched on as we assessed the overall performance of Travis Kelsey on Saturday Night Live. I thought he was great. I thought he showed promise as an actor. I thought he was very natural. I thought his monologue was awesome. I just had a question. We did address this yesterday. Why are there two extra sleeves hanging from the bottom of his jacket? And if you zoom in on that photo, you will see that there are four buttons there just like they are on the sleeves. And the buttons are on the sleeves. He's not the sleeves cut off. Uh, and, and put at the bottom of the jacket. These are two extra sleeves that are hanging from the bottom of the jacket. And I just asked the question of why, why that was the case. And the folks who responded did not disappoint. Now, they were amazing. We have this caveat. The funniest responses cannot be used. <laughs> they, can, they, they cannot be repeated in mixed company or any company of any kind or on any show, even though we're not regulated by the FCC, the FCC would still find a way to get us. If we use some of the responses that ended up on Twitter, you can go find the tweet and see them for yourself. Mark Covey said, in response to my observation and question, says the guy who was told by Howie Roseman he needs to update his wardrobe. And if you missed the show last week, what Roseman said to me is, you look like a guy who lost weight and is too cheap to buy clothes that fit you. Right. And he's right on both counts. Yes, he is. Right. I, you're, you're one of those guys that's just going to you know die on a pile of money and be like, I want to be buried with it. I don't care. I'm taking it all with me and no one's getting it. We're going to get you to spend some of that money. Buy one of those damn suits he's got I'm on. Saving. Buy on it. I'm, Buy I'm one of those. For the, Ferrari. the suit, you know, private area protector it's got on there. <laughs> it is, it's a funny look. And the comments underneath, you know, the tweet and, and the thread, are, it's unbelievable. It really is. Yeah. It's uh, very witty and funny. I don't know. I still don't get it. Like I said, I, my wife is very into the fashion world. I've seen that look with like. 
I think other famous movie stars and whatever else, I can't pull it off. I don't really know what it's supposed to be or whatever. It's a great-looking suit. I'm just not sure about that sleeve down there. <laughs> given given the, the, the placement of the two extra sleeves, you can imagine – uh, the general subject matter of the bulk of the comments on Twitter that cannot be used here. So let's move along to more relevant <laughs> Chiefs news, at least as it relates to the offseason. No franchise tag on Orlando Brown, a guy they traded to get from the Ravens, and they gave up a decent amount to get him. They franchise tagged him last year. 20% raise by rule would have put him right at $20 million if tagged again. They're not going to tag him. Now, will they sign a long-term deal? I don't know. Will they get somebody else? I don't know. But left tackles, not easy to find in today's NFL, as evidenced by the fact that they had to dra- a trade for Orlando Brown when they realized their offensive line was horrible and they needed help. So I don't know what they're going to do, Chris, if Orlando Brown ends up going somewhere else as a free agent. And I guarantee you there's going to be a team out there because this is an opportunity to tear down the Chiefs a little bit. Remember when, when free agency first started, the Super Bowl champions had to sit back in fear of yeah, the reality right. that other teams were going to target their free agents to make that team worse. Why wouldn't someone offer Orlando Brown a premium just to get him off the Chiefs? I I I, I hear you there, and you know it, it's first off, you know Andy Reid he's got an eye for the offensive line. We know that. It's like like we talk about with the Steelers sometimes with like their ability to find receivers. Andy Reid's got an eye for offensive linemen. So that's where I'm always a little scared at first when I talk O-line because I go, well, who knows? Maybe he's got somebody coming up the ranks that he looks at to go, this guy I think could be a left tackle. But, you know, in saying that, I don't think realistically there's anybody there that's on the level of Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown is one of the better pass-blocking left tackles in all of football. Uh, I would think this is more about less about a move of – like has to do something, but they don't want the franchise number on their, you know, on their cap or salary right now, and that there's got to be some confidence there from the Chiefs because of all the things you mentioned too. That hey, this guy wants to be here. We want him here, and they're somewhat close on a number. That that's how I would take it. I don't know that. I got no inside info, but you know, I know there was the Orlando Brown thing yesterday and the Frank Clark thing yesterday. And those are two totally different things, in my, in my opinion. But, yeah, I would expect Orlando Brown to still be a part of their plans here. And this would tell me that they're, they're confident they can make this happen here somewhat, somewhat soon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, and, you know, here's the reality. And this is the other side of the coin that, that you've been mentioning. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a draw for free agents who are available to come to Kansas City. He's also going to be a magnet that holds in place guys who are already there. Like, do I really want to go play for some slappy quarterback somewhere else right. when I got Patrick Mahomes making me look good because I know that even if I don't hold my block, he's going to run around and make a throw and I'm not going to have a sack registered to my name? I mean, and, and, and oh, oh, and by the way, I may win another Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, and continue my legacy and maybe put together a Hall of Fame career. Those that- are all things that he needs to consider. And I'm a believer in getting paid what you can while you can. But the planets have lined up very nicely for some of these guys to be with Patrick Mahomes, and that that may change the analysis. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's it. And you know, the, the, yeah, you're in a situation right there where, 
hey, uh, me, a guy that loves football, if I put myself in Orlando Brown Jr.'s you know, shoes, those are some big damn shoes, let me tell you. But th- that would be one where he'd go, yeah, do I want to – do I want to go to some crap team and be the highest paid left tackle in football? Or do I want to be the third or fourth highest paid tackle in football and be in every big game known to mankind in, in the NFL over the next five to eight years? Right, That's what he's got a chance to be. And, yeah, that's not easy. And I'm never telling anybody, like you're saying, what to do with their money. And we're all for them getting their money. And, you know, he deserves it. You know, you look at the list right now with guys like Laramie Tunzel making $22 million and Ronnie Stanley at 19 Trent Williams leading the market at $23 million. Yeah, he's in that class of player. Certainly every bit up there with a Ryan Ramchek who's making $19 million or Brian O'Neill on, on your Vikings making 18 and a half. So, I would think that there's going to be a number north of that that is spread out through a long you know, time that lessens the blow on the salary cap. And, yeah, this would be one, Mike, where you could file me under I'd be shocked if he's not back with the Chiefs. Again, I have no inside info there, but that, that's just the, the way I feel and kind of reading the room. But, again, this is an opening for somebody else who really wants yeah, to come in and blow him away yeah. and blow the Chiefs out of the water and put them in a position where they got to find another left tackle. You mentioned Frank Clark. It's going to create $21 million in cap savings for 2023. He's a guy that they picked up. Remember, when they had D. Ford become a franchise tag player, they traded him to the 49ers for a second-round pick. And then, then in that same offseason, they traded for Frank Clark, who had been franchise tagged by the Seahawks, for, I believe, a second-round pick. So Clark has been there. There was an off-field issue with the firearms charge. Um, that's all resolved now. I think he served a brief suspension during the season. Uh, it's a, the season just is a whirlwind, as someone on this show once said. But regardless, it's over now. $21 million in savings. He did have two and a half sacks in the postseason. He's got 13 and a half for his career, third most in league history. He'll become a free agent, and uh, someone will sign him. But the, the Chiefs needed that cap relief. They had a big contract for him and a big contract for Chris Jones. Between the two, we know which one is going to stay. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, we add in, you know, Frank, I mean, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. to that conversation. You know, I, I think that's where they'd probably like to, you know, put their resources at right now. Frank Clark's still a really good football player, you know, but yeah, the production doesn't not quite necessarily, you know, meet the, the salary at this point. And I, I think that's, it's, that's smart football. I get that. You know, and there'll be a market for him. But, you know, $20 million a year, that type of thing? No, not exactly. You know, again, still a good pass rusher, plays the run well, you know, plays hard. Uh, There's a lot of things to like about Frank Clark's game. But, yeah, putting his name as one of the top-tier pass rushers in all of football? No, that that time has, you know, come and gone. Or maybe he can regain it, but he's not in that conversation right now. All right, I do need to take a break. But before we go, there's been an important update, and they they put it in the the sheets, the document that we share, update, and I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, Aaron Rodgers, uh uh-oh, something happened. What? No, this is very important information, though. The jacket that Travis Kelsey was wearing. It is a Dior model, $3,300. I'm surprised it was that cheap, frankly. Removable sleeve-style interior scarf is what the thing is that is hanging in front a removable sleeve style interior scarf that is a weird accessory on a jacket but again that just underscores i know nothing about fashion because apparently someone who designs jackets for dior thought it looked good 
And at least one person, Travis Kelsey, plunked down 3300 for it, unless they just gave it to him for free. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You're right. That might have been free good publicity. I mean, we're sitting here talking about it. And, you know, I got to think that they probably had to fit, fit it to him. You know, Dior, I wouldn't think, has a lot of sizes that fit Travis Kelsey right off the rack. I don't think there's that many 54 longs. Exactly. That's what I mean. So I would think that thing costs more than $3,300. But it it, it was sharp. I just, I'm not sure about, you know, the private part sleeve there. I'm not sure about that one. (laughs) Or the the scarf for your private parts. Um, on that note, let's take a break. Franchise tag deadline is today. Some players have been tagged. We'll let you know who they are when PFT Live continues right after. Cold down there. I need a scarf down there. Evan Ingram, a year after becoming a free agent without the franchise tag, signed a one-year deal in Jacksonville, bet on himself, and won, sort of. He got franchise tagged yesterday by the Jaguars. One-year deal worth $11.345 million, set franchise record for receptions and receiving yards for tight end in 2022, 73 catches, 766 yards, four touchdowns. And now, Chris, like all the other guys who have been tagged, has until June 15, or not June, July 15 to do a multi-year deal, and uh, we'll see how many of these guys do one-year deals or do long-term contracts before the deadline. Yeah, I mean, Everett Ingram is a guy that I would think you'd want to sign up long-term. I mean, he's he's still young and in his just just hitting his prime. And, you know, again, good for Evan Ingram because, Mike, he's that guy, right, we talk about. Like, yeah, he needed a fresh start, needed, needed to get out of the New York area. Right, it just became he had a few drops and some big moments, and Giants fans, the New York media, couldn't get over. Oh, he's a bust. Oh, he drops the ball in every big moment. Oh, well, now he's on the Jaguars, and he's one of the best tight ends in football. That's what he is. I mean, he's one of the best pass catching tight ends in the game. He's a freak. He's a star. He's a stud. You know, so I would think that this is going to be a real effort because, again, I think Doug Peterson understands how valuable a tight end like that is for a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, let alone guys like Edmund Ingram that are built like that and can run like that. They, they don't grow on trees. He's special. He really is. And I'm glad to see him get it turned around, mentally tough, fighting through some of the things he had to deal with in New York. And he's in the perfect place right now to thrive and, and be a force for, for a long time here. In Dallas, Tony Pollard, even though he suffered a broken ankle in their final game of the year, the postseason loss to the 49ers, he gets the tag one year, $10.1 million for running backs. It has dropped over the past several years, even though the cap keeps going up and up and up. It's based on percentage of the cap over a five-year period that the top five highest paid players at the position consume. Bottom line, 10.1 is a pretty good deal when you consider the high end of the running back market. Um, and for Pollard, you know, it's it's some security at a time when he may be wondering what was going to happen with me with this broken ankle. Still better to hit the open market, but he's getting an eight-figure payday. Probably never expected to get that kind of a salary in the NFL given where he was drafted, but he's done well. And now the question is, is it him and Ezekiel Elliott, or is it just Pollard? Because they got to figure out Zeke's contract, too. They got a lot of money tied up and a lot of cap space tied up in two guys, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Right now, $27.6 million, 
twelve percent of the cap right. is on those two running backs. Yeah, right. Well, Zeke's not going to be. I mean, that's going to be over, right? I mean, you know, to me, they, they've they've dropped the ball a little bit and given the Zeke the ball too many times over the last two years, a little, right? I mean, uh, just uh, but but you know, this one to me, and I talked about this on my podcast a little yesterday. It was a no brainer. Uh, I wondered whether or not if the broken ankle might you know cause an issue in this whole conversation, but. I mean, hey, when it's all said and done, why I look at it as a no-brainer, is Tony Pollard's the most explosive player on the Cowboys' offense? I don't think it's close. You know, C.D. Lamb's a really good receiver. I'm not trying to disrespect him, but he's not the type of guy that catches a slant and runs for a 70-yard touchdown. Tony Pollard's that guy. Toss sweep, 80-yard touchdown. Catches a slant, 70-yard touchdown. Up the middle, you know, go go rockets up your butt, fifty yard touchdown. He's he's a one play guy. He's a home run hitter. That's why. Not only is he and then he can play between the tackles. So he's got everything. And I think added on to that, Mike, and he's a, he's twenty five and he's a young twenty five because he's shared too many carries with Ezekiel Elliott. So yeah, I, I think this was a no brainer for sure. He's dangerous. He's one of the better running backs in all of football right now. So I think that's why you sign it too. I think if you make a top five, top ten running back list, Tony Pollard is probably in that top five or six for most people in football. And I think for those reasons, yeah, you do sign him up and you make sure he's on your football team. And Zeke Elliott, we'll see what happens there. But I expect him to be released and maybe re-signed at a, a low number. And, and look, there's a carnival barker element to Jerry Jones, which creates confusion. He's always hyping his guys until the day he decides to move on from them. Whether it's a coach, whether it's Terrell Owens, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott, he'll always say the positive thing, positive, 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 and then uh, we need to have a conversation. And then that's it, and he's gone. Right. So, you know, the, the, the reality is one of the activities at the scouting combine last week is Ezekiel Elliott's agents finding out what's behind door number two, what's out there in the event that they say no to whatever restructured contract the Cowboys are offering. And if they say no and he gets cut, is there something better out there? Does he take less to stay in Dallas? You know the argument they used on him when he signed his contract, on Dak before he got his, there's value in being a Cowboy. And there is. The question now is, how much will the Cowboys pay versus how much would someone else pay? I think I think the Cowboys are probably going to offer him as much or more than anyone else. I think they want to continue that relationship too. Uh, and they'll get the restructured contract, save some money, create some cap space, and keep him around. It doesn't feel right to think of Ezekiel Elliott with any team other than the Cowboys, Chris. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's homegrown talent. You know, He's done a lot of great things for them and their organization. You know, I, I'm with you. I, I think they really value him not only the player, but the person, right? You know, we've even heard that from Jason Garrett. And it seems like, you know, that Zeke Elliott is a guy that really loves the Cowboy organization too, to where, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Mike. I kind of envision, I don't think the market's going to be that good for him. I think Jerry Jones and Dallas maybe give him a sweetener on the contract that maybe most teams that won't, and they can kind of, you know, continue their relationship and he can, you know, end his career as a Dallas Cowboy and, you know, again, not be the guy that's the getting the bulk of the carries. Third and one. Hey, it's second and goal from the two. Hey, Zeke, go in there, punch it in for us for a touchdown. You're a great short-yarded runner, 
right? But yeah, as far as him being the the focal point number one guy, no, that that's gone. And and again, like we said, Tony Pollard, as we we said a lot of times last year, he's he's pretty damn special. You know, six foot, over two hundred pounds, catches the ball like that, can run like that. You know, tough running and big play running. Um, he's one of the best in the game, so I'm not shocked to see them do this. Last one, not a surprise, Josh Jacobs, franchise tagged by the Raiders, another one-year deal at $10.1 million for the running back position. We spoke to him at the Super Bowl. We spoke to Josh McDaniels, the head coach, last week at the scouting combine. And Jacobs' point was, hey, I'm fine with the tag if you're going to spend money to put a good team around me. And if you – want me to be the hero you got to pay me like the hero I think he wants that long-term deal if he's going to be the focal point of the offense and until they figure out their quarterback position Chris I think he will be yeah I I agreed I mean again it's 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 an offensive line that can run the football Josh McDaniels I think wants to run that type of offense and have that balance there we see that their ability to throw off a play action and get Waller and Devontae Adams open is damn good right now it's about finding that sweet spot here as far as, you know, what, what makes sense. Again, no brainer to franchise him. You don't let that guy walk out the door. I mean, he's he like we were talking about with Tony Pollard, it's the same conversation. It's top two, three, four, five running back in football, if not number one or two, with Nick Chubb right now. So yeah, they're not gonna let that happen, but it does have more wear and tear on his tires than a Tony Pollard. And he is more of a car crash runner than a Tony Pollard. So those are the things they're going to hash out. Are going to have to hash out to figure out, you know, something that makes sense as far as a, a long-term deal. Quick break. When we return, a draft of the teams with currently the most dire situations at quarterback. We'll do that next on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. Simsisms. Carte Blanche we got to protect ourselves as a team here, too. We're not just going to give you, like, the red carpet, carte blanche, like, hey, you get to be the, the captain of the ship here for three years no matter what happens. So I think those things got to get figured out as well. Carte blanche? I, I don't know what the hell I was saying. Simsisms. You know, the cutaway to my reaction has become a standard part of the Simsisms. Has now. to be. Has to um, be. It's my favorite part. I, that's when the filter starts to activate, when it gets clogged up with uh, Carte Blanche and other hey. other uh, hey, yeah, miscellaneous yeah. items. <laughs> no doubt. All right, <laughs> let's get to the draft because we talked too much the earlier part of the show. Teams with the most dire quarterback situation right now, go. I'm going to start off with the Jets. I mean, again, as it stands right now, the, the guy that they got uh, on their roster starting at quarterback is Zach Wilson, and nobody wants him to be their starting quarterback. So how does that not, you know, become the most dire one? And then you lost the guy that I think, you know, a lot of the fan base was excited to maybe have in Derek Carr, right, where at least they recognize, hey, he might not be as good as Aaron Rodgers, but there's more commitment and we're not going to be in the same boat next year or have drama. So, yeah, now it's like, oh, no, it's Rodgers and then – Oh, man, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, okay. So, yeah, they're in a weird situation, and as we both recognize, the team is – it's damn good. They got talent. This is a the part of the team right now that needs to get figured out. Panthers, for me, Yeah, we talked earlier in the show about how they've been trying 
for years now to attract a veteran to choose to be traded there or signed there, and it hasn't worked other than middle-of-the-pack guys who have had less than middle-of-the-pack performances. They have to get something figured out, and they're drafting awfully low in round one. They're going to have to move up to get one of the guys they want. They may have to move all the way up to number one to really feel confident about the future. Yeah, I I, um, I mean, that would have been my next pick. I think you're, you're spot on there. I'm going to go right along kind of the same lines there right where I know there's other teams that need quarterbacks here that are on this list, but some of them are sitting in a position that's prettier as far as the draft. And yeah, the Panthers are a team that it's like, uh Oh, you might get left out here. And that's when my next pick, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, That's my next one. Yeah. They got, you know, they got nothing right now. They got Jared Stidham where, you know, hopefully they can bring him back and, and have him as a bridge quarterback or at least a high end backup quarterback but yeah what are they going to do with that position I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a real thing there and they're in that spot like you're talking with Carolina right now where you know if Anthony Richardson and you're not into that offense you could get stuck to where wait there's no prototypical pocket passing type quarterback left where you're picking if you're the Raiders so you know I'll throw them in there as my second pick Mike I'm going to go in a different direction here. I thought about saying the Colts. They're a little too obvious. I'm going to say the Cardinals just because we don't know when Kyler Murray is going to be healthy. We don't know if he's going to be back to 100% at any point this year. It usually takes a full year. Then who's your quarterback going to be mm-hmm. until Kyler Murray is ready to go? What are you going to do? What direction are you going? Who are you going to convince to come in and play knowing they're going to get benched for Kyler Murray? How much do you pay? Who do you get? What do you do? Big challenges for Jonathan Gannon and company in Arizona. We'll take a break and do round three when PFT Live concludes right after this. All right, there are the picks from the first two rounds. Round three, quarterbacks. Uh, or teams, excuse me, with the most dire quarterback situation or quarterbacks with the most dire team situation right now, whichever you prefer. Chris, what do you got? Man, all right, there's some good ones here. I mean, I'm I'm down to basically like the Colts, the Texans, the Bucks, the Falcons, those teams, right, and kind of in that spot. I think ultimately here, I, you know, again, the, the Colts and Texans, where they're sitting in the draft right now, I'm not going to put them in the dire, you know, they're, if we had a few more rounds, okay. But um, the Falcons, I think, are the next team I'm going to go to here. Uh, the Falcons, it's they're a little bit like the Panthers and Raiders like we talked about, you know. Again, they, they depending on the vision of their offense – you know they're 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 in they're in a spot where yeah one of these pocket passing quarterbacks not might not be there for them now they they have the type of build to go in Anthony Richardson's type of style of play we've talked about Lamar Jackson but I don't think Desmond Ritter's the long term answer is what I'm saying there in Atlanta I was going to go with the Dolphins but we've already triggered two and on today I'm going to go with the 49ers yeah. when you consider the team around the quarterback position. All they've needed is a marginally competent quarterback at some point the past few years, and they would have had a Super Bowl or two. You got Trey Lance, where you don't know how healthy he's going to be or how good he's going to be if he's healthy. You got Brock Purdy. They still haven't even been able to operate on his elbow a month after it was injured. Who's going to be ready? Who's going to be the guy? Where else may they look? Could they make a play for Tom Brady? Who knows? See ya. up at some future date. That's it for today. Goodbye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.